friends, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is finally episode 64. I will be totally honest and tell you guys that this episode was actually recorded like I think three or four months ago at this point, and I just never got around to editing it because it was such a long uh, conversation that I had with my friend Julian, who runs the Cozy Representative on YouTube and does an incredible job on there. And I just, um, I just never had the time to sit and edit it because I had to listen to the entire conversation. And there's so much that I had to cut down for time's sake. Um, we talked on Zoom for probably about four, maybe even five hours. And I just had to condense that conversation into something podcast uh, length. And this episode is going to be longer. It's probably my longest episode that I've ever put out. And I just, I couldn't cut out any, any more. I just loved our conversation so much. It's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And I've wanted to collaborate with Julian since I first saw his YouTube video about Never Shout Never back in quarantine last year. And I just, I, I couldn't find something for us to talk about. And then one day me and my roommate were just talking, um, getting coffee and just kind of spitballing ideas. And we were talking about this idea that music is somehow gendered, whether we want to believe it, admit it, or accept it. Um, music has just always some, somehow in some way, shape or form been gendered. And it's just a crazy concept to me. And I brought the idea to Julian and he loved it. And we just sat down and had this whole conversation about it. And we kind of spiraled off into a couple other things. And I just, I love being able to sit down with somebody and just have a conversation about music and coming from the same scene when we were teenagers and experiencing it in different ways. And it was just, it was really, really cool. Um, it was actually really surreal to me too, because I found Julian from my explore page or well, not the explore page, but it was recommended. Uh, his video was recommended to me on YouTube last year when I was unemployed due to COVID and it was about never shout never. And I was just hooked. I watched all of his videos on never shout never. And then I just watched all of his other videos that he had on his channel at the time. And I just came, became enamored with his, the way that he, talked about these bands that I grew up listening to um I don't listen to a lot of those bands anymore except for you know to bring out an old classic even though holy shit how is like Avril Lavigne considered classic or Fallout Boy or any of these bands that we all grew up knowing and loving or at least most of us have but I just I love the way that he put together these videos and they were so long uh all of his Never Shot Never videos were like an hour, maybe even an hour and a half long. And the detail that he put into them, it was just, it was so cool. And we do such different things that I didn't know if it was ever going to work, but I approached him about it several times, much like I did with Paige. And I'm like, I want to collaborate with you so bad. I just don't have an idea yet. But when I do, just, just know that I really want to do this. So I was so happy that we got to sit down and talk. And this episode is really special to me. Um, it made me realize a lot of things that growing up I didn't really think much about until somebody else had a similar experience, you know, that I, I didn't know until this point. And it was just, it was really cool to know that I was not alone and that other people felt the way that I did, but in different ways. And it's just, 
I really loved our conversation and I'm really glad that I was able to finally sit down with him and knock it out. And I hope that we collaborate in the future. I hope that we have way more um, things to talk about and bring you guys some more stuff. But yeah, I've just been sitting on this episode for so long because I've just been so busy and just to sit down and edit a four hour conversation is literally something that I haven't had time to do, but I finally had time today and I really wanted to put this out. And again, I keep saying it, but I'm just so excited for you guys to listen and I hope that you guys can take something away from it or you just enjoy it. And yeah, I don't really have much else to say, but, um, the, the way that we recorded it, um, I was I was recording since we started the Zoom session and Julian was not. So uh, the conversation um, picks up after we were already recording and it ends um, it ends before we stopped recording because I cut this off at about like maybe an hour and a half of us talking, but we talked for like three more hours maybe after that that I still happen to be recording in case there was something that I wanted to put in here. So. Um, it kind of starts in the middle of us talking and it ends um, while we were still recording. But hopefully it makes sense to you guys. I think it does. And yeah, so this is my talk and uh, my collaboration with Julian. I like that you got your large iced coffee. I really appreciate a large iced coffee. Dude, it's actually like I have a problem. I'm not even going to lie with caffeine. Like I'm at the point where like... I can't, it's like a problem. I'm like addicted to it. The The way that like, <laughs> I can't function or get things done without a, like a stupid amount of caffeine in my system. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's a borderline. Like, I'm like, I need to fix this. Cause it's getting in the way of like my life. It sounds crazy. You do so much, but you do so much <laughs> shit. Like, I feel like you record, like you're doing stuff like all the time. Like your, yeah. your Twitter is like, Oh, I'm recording tomorrow. Oh, I'm doing this tomorrow. Oh, I got this in the works. I was like, what the fuck? When do you have time to sleep? I know. I know. Yeah. It, and <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, that's kind of how, I came to this point is because all the things that I do, I get done. Like I do them so much more efficiently when I'm like bonked on caffeine. Like, <laughs> you know, like when I'm like writing a video, like uh -huh. that's how I do it. I fucking like drink caffeine till the point where I'm like, and then I'm just like, Oh dude, this is great. Keyboard warrior. Yeah. But I'm always on your own shit <laughs> on my own, just to myself, just talking, just on my own little notepad in my, in my laptop. But that's the thing is it's gotten to this point, much like the same thing for someone who, uh, you know, is, is like, like an alcoholic or something. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this like without caffeine. That might be a crazy thought. And it's not like caffeine is like, you know, it's safe. It doesn't do anything. At it's this not point. that bad for you or whatever, but it's like, I'm just kind of like, it, you know, I don't know. I, cause I feel like I need to cut back just for like my own brain. Cause I'm always, well, how much are you drinking? Like, are you only drinking like one large a day? No, well, it depends. Lately I've been using a French press, Ooh. which so, and I, I have the same one. <laughs> yeah. I usually drink about two of these a day. Is that okay? Is that a lot? That's not that. That's not that bad, right? See, I don't know because, like, I, I'm like you. I don't think caffeine does anything to me anymore. Mm. I think I just need it to feel like, like, I just need it to like feel 
like I I can function. Yeah. Because I tell everybody, I was like, I drink black hot coffee for function. I drink iced coffee for pleasure, which mm, sounds really weird. I'm no. at, I'm at that point with with caffeine. I relate to that. I know what you're talking about. I know what you because mean. Because it's like when I need when I feel like I need to wake up, I'll drink a black cup of coffee, like eight ounces or ten ounces. Yeah. Or I'll drink an americano because that hot water just really says. <gasps> Right. And that that for you is your like utilitarian coffee. This is yeah. like I just need to wake up, I need this, this is just boom. But yeah, I know what you're saying, but then if you get like a large Dunkin' Ice with a bunch of fucking sugar in it, that's like the <laughs> I'm chilling, like that's what you drink that's what you drink like for fun in a park on a nice day. I'll or order that at fucking nine PM. Well, Same that's thing too. Yeah. Yo, okay, that's almost like Fuck everything I just said. Almost the real problem that I have is night you coffee. You drink it at night? Drinking coffee yeah. at like, at like, like. 10 p.m.? Yeah. And then, because the where it becomes a problem is then, I don't know if this happens to you. This might just be me. But I feel like I, I wake up with like a, like a, I almost feel hungover the next day. You know what I mean? Like, I feel similar to as if I like got drunk because it's. I don't know. I wake up and it's it's obviously not as bad as an actual like alcohol hangover, right. but it's like I'm just that's where the the unhealthy cycle comes in because then I wake up and I'm super groggy and I like really? can't even form thoughts and then I'm like I need the shit. I need the caffeine. Like I need my fix. Yeah, and then I and then I start the cycle over and then I just drink a shit ton of it. I don't know. I don't know. It's, well, the problem is like I don't so I don't drink night coffee as often anymore because. Yeah. Um, I just, um, I bought decaf coffee just because everybody I know refuses to drink regular caffeine at night. So I bought decaf and yeah, it actually tastes really good. Cause they're, they're weak. Yeah. They're responsible. They're, <laughs> yeah. Right. Fuck that. Well, <laughs> my thing is that, um, because I'll get out of work at like, I'll get out of work at like five or six and I'll be like, man, I didn't have coffee today. I want my iced coffee. Right. Or I work a second job at a coffee shop. There you go. Hey, yep. <laughs> I used to, I used to be a, a barista for a few years. Yeah. It fucking ruined me. Yeah. Same. But I still won't drink our coffee because like our, the problem is where I work, we have the barista blend, um, almond milk. Cause I only drink on almond milk uh-huh. and, uh, it's unsweetened and it's gross. So that's why I go to Dunkin'. They always make fun of me on Fridays. They're like, why do you get Dunkin' if you work here? And I'm like, because our <laughs> almond milk is ass. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, everything is, it's it's all about balance. It is about balance. I think at the end of the day, I'm bad at that. I'm bad at balance. I'm bad at moderation. Like, <laughs> I, with anything. Like I was about to say, I was like, you take on so much shit. I'm, dude, I, like... I'm just, I'm very like all or nothing with whatever, whatever it is, even shit like coffee, but also like bigger things. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm either, I'm either like super in it or I'm like, fuck it. Not at all, you know, for like everything. And I don't know how to, and, and it's like a, it's, it's a thing where like, it helps me in a lot of ways because I don't know. It can, it it's just can be helpful, but it also hurts in other ways because it's, uh, cause sometimes I'm just like, damn, I really need that moderation and that like <laughs> kind of just like less, I feel like I'm always just, I'm like a crazy train running off the rails. I'm sorry to quote crazy train, but that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's just like, shit just feels so like crazy and like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Chaotic, you know? <laughs> 
I just, I feel like <laughs> I'm a very chaotic person. I'm very low-key, but chaotic at the same time. Oh, I'm chaotic to be. in my own neutral? brain. You're chaotic neutral? Chaotic neutral, yeah. That's that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. I don't know. Well, my problem is, and I was talking to my friend Paige last week when she and I uh, were talking and did our episode together. We were talking about how we both hyperfixate because she is one of those people that no joke she's got like six projects going on at once yeah and but she'll do it for like three months and then abandon them oh (laughs) and then she'll like keep going like for me like i i do that in my own life but with this podcast it was like i kind of learned the pandemic actually helped me realize that i don't need to like go like all in or nothing Mm. because i was recording pretty like like maybe like twice a month or maybe once a month. Like I put out episodes pretty regularly. I mean, this is this is number sixty four or sixty five at this point. But I mean, I've nice. been doing this. Yeah, for, right. I've been doing this since twenty seventeen though, so that's not that good. <laughs> well, well, like I that's I didn't relative. record for yeah. I haven't you know. recorded like that episode with her was after a ten month hiatus. Yeah. So I was like. But I only felt the pressure to come back because so much shit has happened in the music industry. Oh that yeah, totally. I felt weird taking a step back, but I was like, I don't know what to talk about because so much stuff has passed and I didn't touch on it that like, what do I do? So that's why I came back with that episode with Paige and we just talked and whatever. That's why I did this one with you because I'm like, maybe I just need to get back into the swing of things and just put out what I want before I get back into relevancy totally no yeah i would i would say that's that's the right move you know because there's a lot to there's there is a lot to talk about there's so much every band got canceled over the summer (laughs) yeah seriously the The entire pop punk genre got canceled yeah the entire roster of like warp tour 2011 all that got canceled (laughs) they're all done yeah it was all the it was all the like metalcore bands this like like last summer it was like um I don't know. A bunch of just and like, Johnny Craig. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Craig. But he's, I mean... He gets canceled, like, annually. Yeah, he's, like, been canceled. Like, it's... <laughs> he's on that point where he's, like, canceled, but there's... His fan... Like, I... He still somehow has a really big fan base, but they're like all the type. Who of are people. these fans? Like, I don't know. Fa- like, who are fans of Johnny Craig? Because it's not people that like Dance Gavin Dance. Yeah, it's definitely. That's what I'm saying. It's definitely like super broy guys who like, like the people who are like, yo, like cancel culture is so toxic. <laughs> like those kind of people. You know what I mean? Um, those are Johnny Craig fans. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all yeah. I don't know. I I I definitely had hordes of like Johnny Craig stands in my up in my shit when I when I made my videos about him, and it was very like, um, yeah. I don't even know how you. Which describe. is funny because like your videos, well, objectively, all of your videos are never trashing. It's more educational if you want to err on that side. Like all of your videos are just like here's me educating you on a band subject or whatever, or giving my opinion. Right. And nothing, I mean, I watched all three of them, obviously like start to finish. And like, you didn't say anything bad except for maybe like here and there, you're like, this guy's kind of garbage. Yeah. (laughs) But, (laughs) but that was also after like, you would say that after it's like, you know, Johnny Craig allegedly beat his girlfriend and you were like, yeah, this guy sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. Cause yeah. From my perspective, like, especially with those, you know, there were like, there were definitely people who were like, oh, like this is like a hit piece. One guy called it a hit piece, and I was like, well, it's not really a hit piece because I'm, I'm just, 
Repo- You're just like, giving facts. Yeah, I'm. I'm. That's just, all you did. <laughs> I'm reporting. I'm like giving you a list of like confirmed things that have actually happened and been reported by real like publications. Um, I mean, you gi- showed the articles on the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it's like, and then I just give my opinions on those things, and it just so happens. You know, call me crazy, but I'm just not a huge fan of people who, uh, you know, rip people off and, like, assault, like, women. I'm just not into that. So sorry that I... Sue me. Sue me that I'm not into, like, scam artists and, uh, you know, fucking... And people who beat women. And people who beat women. Yeah. Sorry that I'm not into that, but it's like... Like, what else... Weird. Like, yeah. What else would I do, you know, mentioning that stuff? Like, be like... Of course I'm going to be like, yo, I, you're not going to gloss over awful. it. Yeah. Right. Or try to act like it's, you know, I mean, <sighs> he's done it so often though. That's the crazy thing though, is that like, it's not an isolated incident. Yeah. It's not like it was one girl. And then Taylor Dean, her whole fucking video about it. Yeah. Like there have been so many documented cases. It's not <laughs> like one where you're like, ah, oh, this girl's a piece of shit. This girl, right. like, is, she's a liar. This, that, and the other thing is like, dog, there's like, Five at least that are documented. Exact throughout many years and, and like ten years. Yeah, and that's the thing about it, where like people still are so like ride or die for that dude, and still have the like um the argument of like, well, they're just allegations. Like I think like she's just making it up to like to get clout points or whatever, because people think that that is right, how that that's works, which it isn't. Um, but like. Oh, where was I going with that? Hold on. I, I was, I was totally you were get- going somewhere. There's yeah. a train. Um, hold on. I totally got it still. Yeah. So people always use that argument with him of like, Oh, the allegations, whatever. But I'm like, it kind of stops being like that. Maybe it happened thing when it's like multiple, like yeah. several instances, uh, you know, like several different people from different corners of the world and Johnny Craig's don't life know each other. Out, yeah, coming out like saying the same sort of shit. It's like, you're right. If it's like one weird isolated incident, like that's different. But when it's him, it's like literally his entire music career. There's been like it's every people couple- that are not even women. There's like dudes in X bands, like yeah. <laughs> Alone, like you're the first 15 minutes of your part one when because I didn't like I was a fan of dance Gavin dance especially I was a fan of him yeah but I I, I never really dug much into like the history of that uh-huh. so when you were talking about that that MySpace post where they were talking about like when they kicked him out right. I didn't know any of that shit I was like how does anybody fuck with him after that yeah I don't know how <laughs> right exactly that's a that's a really you know that's something that I've kind of touched on in certain videos and like often pose that question because there's a lot of stuff like that where people kind of especially in that like kind of late 2000s like myspace era like people like the same thing for like the davi vanity dude or whatever oh my god yeah there there's been rumors and you know talk about that dude being you know like whatever for as long as i can remember um but for some reason a lot of that stuff like Back in the day, like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if people just didn't take it as seriously or what. I just think it was, uh, you know, what's sad is that it's really unfortunate, but that was just kind of like people took it as that was part of the culture. Like that was part of the scene culture is that like underage girls were just kind of disposable i mean like yeah back when we when we were myspace kids i mean we didn't think anything of it we're like everybody's underage and right you know right. everybody was obsessed with um like these dudes that are like in their 
early 20s and yeah. like 30s i mean like think about it i mean me as me as a girl growing up i know that i had like crush like uh i joked about this the other day to you but like i had a free webs website it's literally 13 years old and i was like i don't give a shit that me and patrick stump are like nine <laughs> years doesn't mean shit to me i'm gonna marry him blah oh blah God. it's just like yeah. we didn't think anything of it we're just no, like no. age is just a number and it's so scary because like I mean, I met a dude at a Johnny Craig show. I was 15. He was 18, turning 19. And, like, I didn't think anything of it. And, like, we were fucking around. And I'm yeah. just like. Yeah. Right. I, right. And, like, I didn't think it was weird. I mean, I st- like, now I'm seeing that, you know, it was weird. But, like, everything was consensual. So it's not like I would ever go after him. Totally. But, but it's just like. Yeah. <laughs> And like, is anyone up? Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. How did that I mean, exist for, like, a few years, you know? But that's what I'm saying. Like. And yeah, and it's like, dude, you know, and looking into all these MySpace bands and stuff, like, I, I have to, I think about that a lot, because I'm like, was it culture that was different, or was it a mixture of, like, the culture plus, like, were we just un- uneducated about things? I think things? I was, because... honestly, because I didn't have... You know, growing up, like, I didn't have anybody older than me to kind of tell me that, like, what was right and what was wrong. I mean, like, I was groomed at a young age dating somebody way older than me for eight years. And, like, that was the only thing that I knew wrong from right. And he was a terrible human being. I mean, like, he's the one that told me about is anyone up and thought it was funny. Like, as a 17-year-old person, I didn't have guidance like that. Nobody told me, like, this is wrong. This is, like, nobody should be doing this, like... Right. Yeah. I don't think we were educated. Yeah. Like there was definitely some sort of compass for like this thing is fucked up and this thing isn't. But it wasn't as um, (laughs) it wasn't as like like people could get away with more scummy shit back. Right. And I and and I think because I mean, they relied on ignorance. That was the problem. It's like these these dudes like these scummy dudes, they relied on ignorance like. Um, like the Dobby vanity thing, like it's coming up now and people are understanding that it's disgusting, wrong. And that dude should be in jail. And it's like people, people like Jeffrey star that aren't coming out and like helping him be put in jail and people are mad about it. But back then when people were fucking with Jeffrey star, they, they didn't see anything wrong with it. They were just like, Oh yeah, it's, it's cool. So it's just kind of like, we all fucked ourselves by being on, by being uneducated. And that's, Totally. And that's what sucks yeah. is that like people like Davi Vanity had we had the resources and we'd been a lot smarter probably would be in jail. <laughs> Cuz well, you know, that's another kind of <laughs> right. That's another aspect of it is like I feel like the kids nowadays are so much more you know, they're like they're hyper vigilant so smarter Way than we smarter. were. Yeah, cuz you know, nowadays, like, there's totally, obviously, like, Davi Vanity couldn't get away with that today. If that was, like, nowadays, yeah. and he was, that wouldn't be able to exist, because people would automatically just be like, oh, this is, you know, like, there's this thing now of where people know that, like, if a, a 28-year-old guy in a band is hitting up, like, some 15-year-old girl, like, people are more hip to, like, that is, you know, that's fucking statutory. Yeah. Rape. Like, you know, that's a real, That's a real like, crime. That's a real crime, whereas I think maybe with us back in the day, like, there was no, 
I don't know. There were like it was too common. That was the problem. Like it was so it was yeah. so common. Like which is really depressing. Like if you think about it, it's really fucking depressing. Totally. Like totally. I mean, me personally, like. I was 17 dating someone that was 23 and I didn't think that there was a power dynamic there. I didn't think that gr- yeah. I didn't know that grooming existed until like six years later. Like I, I didn't know so many right. things. And like I said, when I was, when I was 15 and some dude that's about to turn 19 is asking if I want to fuck, I'm just like, word. Yeah. Or it's like, he was like, how, like we we're talking. He's like, how old are you? I was like 15. He's like, oh. And I was like, how old did you think I was? 18. And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm not. And I took it as a compliment that he still wanted to talk to me. And it's like, <laughs> but yeah, but it's stuff like that where, yes, that, that incident obviously isn't like, is, isn't anything like we're talking about. But I didn't know that that was wrong. I didn't think anything of it. Like, what if yeah. we did date? Like, what if, what if I went down that rabbit hole? Like what would have happened? And like, I kind of did go down that rabbit hole with the next guy that I dated for a really long time. There's so many things Mm -hmm. now that I see that I'm like, holy shit, as a 17 year old person, that shouldn't have been said to me. That shouldn't have been done to me. That shouldn't have been a thought. And it's just like, it's, it's so sad. It makes me really sad. And it makes me really mad at myself that I didn't have anybody that told me that like these bandus were taking advantage of girls. Right. Yeah. Cause, cause we didn't see it as like, I think another thing I just thought like for one thing nowadays, I think the, the just people are, the kids are smarter. They're more yeah. hip to that more sort of thing. And totally. And also like, I think, um, you know, this was also, you know, when we were coming up, this was pre like the, just the me too movement in general and all that. So I think that is also a big thing in terms of, at the time, like, whenever someone would come out and, like, speak up about somebody in a band doing something wrong, usually people would just not take it seriously or... Because going back to the Davi Vanity thing, like, y- there were people coming out back then and, and saying shit about that guy, but the other, like, fift- dumb 15-year-olds on the internet reading it were just like, uh, you're yeah. just trying to, like like the, people didn't like believe people half the time about that shit and i think people weren't like as comfortable with speaking mm-hmm. out about it and it wasn't as almost encouraged because people didn't really take that stuff as seriously and and also another thing was it was it was really cool to be like edgy yeah. back then <laughs> that was like yeah. right like that was kind of i mean it was like um I don't know. It was like a lot of MySpace was very early, like edge oh, yeah. culture or whatever. And like kids, you know, kind of thinking that they were more mature than they were. I don't know. There's like, I think there's a mishmash of so many different oh, yeah. factors <laughs> that explain why shit was the way it was back then versus how it is now. And, you know, how drastically different that is. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we're at a place now where like, I don't think that people it's like now it's people don't tolerate like, it anymore, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm sure you've seen the TikTok going around of like this girl romanticizing like the scene era, like the 2007 era. And it's like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. And it's like we all laugh, yeah. but it's kind of like <sighs> I'm glad I grew up in that era. But also I'm kind of like I'm disgusted that I grew up in that era because there was just Totally. There was just like no place for people of color. There's no place for that. Yeah. There's just, there's just nothing there. Like 
women women were being taken advantage of left and right and there's kind of like this one mm-hmm. thing where you know we wanted i mean me as me as a young girl growing up i wanted to be noticed by these band dudes so bad i didn't care how old they were i didn't care if they were trash like i wanted to be noticed and it's just like yeah i feel like there was a lot going on in that in that era that people didn't really pay attention to and it was scary like i'm just glad that nothing ever happened to me because i could have put myself in such a weird situation so many times right right because especially with that sort of thing like that's not like that was just you yeah. being a kid like that's not your fault that you had that perception of these band members because that's when it's like okay n- it's it's up to the responsibility the responsibility of the adult yeah. in the situation to be like to just you know like and you know yeah like we said a lot of those a lot of those people really took advantage of that and i think nowadays it's like it's like yo look at how many you're not going to be able to like get away with this shit anymore right. like or it's going to be think, harder people think yeah it's gonna be harder like your pro your shit's probably gonna be rocked at yeah. some point like you're gonna talk to the wrong person you're gonna hit up the you know um i mean you shouldn't you shouldn't want to do that anyway but i feel like it's like right? <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but it's like i feel like now you know there's so many examples you know one way i was i um have kind of thought about it is like if you're a musician or a youtuber or whatever the fuck it's almost like that's that's like yeah. your job right yeah it's like a you're fucking you know whatever you're it's a different kind of job but it's still like you do that's your job and if you show up to any other job like if you have a job in a coffee shop and you show up and you start like sexting like 14 year old girls that you meet at the coffee shop your boss is gonna find out and you're gonna get fucking fired yeah. from that job because because there's a basic level of like professionalism and i feel like you know these like scummy motherfuckers on the internet it's like like why yeah you know what i mean it's like why are you treating this like you're the fucking hot shit motherfucker that can just do whatever they want and just fuck with people and the law doesn't apply <laughs> you're not to a you. billionaire it's like, dude, like you're not a billionaire you're not fucking as famous as you think you are you're not as, you're not untouchable like and you're you're a real human being interact, interacting with other real human beings who have feelings and and thoughts and are smarter than you probably give them credit for and um you know i i just i'm sick of of people just taking advantage of that and and also kind of giving this might make you laugh but also like giving the whole uh it's totally given like the the style of music that i love Uh, and grew up with a bad name because i'm like yo i love pop punk but the first thing people think of when they think of pop punk is like yeah. pedophilia. And I'm like, yo, why the f- like fuck that? Like, yes, it's I get it because so many people unfortunately have been caught up in that, but it almost it's like, dude, y'all are fucking like ruining it. Like y'all are tainting this shit when it Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't no, know. No, it's frustrating well, because but. it's like you know, that's that's why that's why we became friends, because I told you, like, everything that you talk about, you know, it's kind of like we're both ends of the spectrum. Like, I kind of grew away from pop punk and all those bands that you still really love. 
but the bands that you still really yeah. love those were like when i was growing up like those bands were so important to me and like i mean they still are like totally. i'll still listen to them every now and again but you know my taste kind of evolved it's still in there and that's why like when we every time we talk like we reminisce about stuff i was like oh yeah like check out this photo that i took in 2007 like that's why we connect yeah which i, I love <laughs> that kind of shit makes me like sad right? like it makes me happy but like Whenever I see like your old YouTube yeah. channel, <laughs> which I don't know if you, you want can. me to talk about. Oh on yeah, this I don't podcast. care. I mean, yeah, there's nothing bad on there, but uh, it's um, it's a time like, capsule. That sort of shit. It's a time. Yeah, it's a relic, and that sort of shit makes me like depressed. Yeah. Like, watch like in like a in like a nice nostalgic way, but also in like things a, were great. Oh, my God, I can't believe like watching like yeah videos of like like I remember being fucking carefree like like teenager at the yeah. fucking apple store dancing like you know like it was fun not th- yeah dude it but was you- like not to sound like a like a dumbass motherfucker but that's really like the best time you'll yeah. ever have in like your whole life like that's the most fun you're ever gonna have you don't think it's true you always hear adults saying that and you're like nah not me motherfucker no i'm, I'm good but then but then you get older and you're like wow that really yeah. was like we didn't aw- realize like, it at the time you know, but like and- there it sucks because there's two ends of that uh one uh, on one hand i loved growing up in that i loved being a myspace era kid but on the other side of that like seeing how much like there's there's so many skeletons in that closet and that's what kills me is that like finding out like when i found out about all that shit with johnny craig it kind of broke me on a lot of levels but mostly because i supported him so hard as a person and as a musician that like it almost made me feel disgusting and i didn't do anything and it was just like that's totally. that's the shit that frustrates me is I feel like a lot of my memories are tainted now because everybody that I ever loved and supported is a pedophile exactly. or a rapist. Exactly. And it's just like <laughs> Yeah, or like associated yeah. with just a scene. Or just that's, step back and watch. That's, um, that's the thing yeah, that kills me is the people exactly. that sit back and watch and it's like people talk about cancel culture, but I have yet to see anybody that deserves to be quote unquote canceled actually canceled. I mean, Jeffree Star still has 16 million YouTube <laughs> right. subscribers. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know more people who like still listen to and actively fuck with brand yeah. new than like, don't, you know, <laughs> or a lot of people that just like turn Which a blind eye. Like, like I, like I talk about it a lot on Twitter, but no joke. There has been like, a surplus of people talking about brand new in the last couple of weeks, like either looking for records by them or defending them. And it's just like, yeah, it kind yeah. of blows my mind that, I mean, that was a really public thing. I mean, people that didn't even fuck with brand new, Jesse Lacey straight up made a statement. Right. He said he did it. He didn't really apologize. He blamed a sex addiction and called it a day. And then, yeah. And of course he didn't mention anything about anyone no! age because <laughs> they, they never, never they never do. <laughs> yes, yeah. But you they know never really do. Sick. They're always like, Oh, I, I used to drink too much. Uh, like, it's just like, no one I, asked, uh, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. It's like, dude, you're not like you're, you're, it sounds like you're apologizing for like, not taking yeah, out the trash. But he got away with it it's for like, so long. I was depressed. But dude, he got away with it for so long. Right. And that's what kills me. Like I grew up on long Island. Like I used yeah. to hear stories and shit. Like I was a kid and yeah, really, I used to no hear shit. about that shit yeah. all the time. And it's like, it broke my heart because I'm like, the yeah. it, it, it could have been any of us like i was a 15 year old kid that grew up on long island it could have been me it bums me out that like people didn't really take it seriously i mean no joke the day after that came out the statement came out i went to panera and a girl was wearing a brand new shirt and i was like i don't know if this was like a <laughs> fuck you uh in solidarity or a yeah. weird coincidence i don't know if you know i really want to go up to her and be like yo sorry to break the bread bowl here but 
Yeah, <laughs> that was a good. That was I like well, that pun. I, I worked at Panera for four years. I, I got I got tons of them. Oh, nice. But yeah, man, it fucking nice. bums me out. And it's like we can we can even like tie this into like what we were originally going to talk about with how um, yeah um, yeah how scene music back then is basically like girl music. I'm sure you have a yeah. lot of shit to say. I have a lot yeah, of thoughts which about is awesome that. because <laughs> I do. I mean, you can have you can have the I floor do. there, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna intro it, and then you're gonna have the whole floor because I know you have a lot of shit to say about this. But um, totally, um, yeah. Me and Julian have been trying to collab for like the entire time we've known each other, which is like a year now. <laughs> and this is true. I've been trying like he's always been down thankfully but like i've approached him like seven or eight times i was like dude i don't know what we're gonna talk about but like we should collab and he's like yeah "Yeah, we should and i was like all right i'll get back to you so this is like seven or eight times in the making but um my roommate gets all the credit here because i was in the car with him and i've been i've been talking about trying to collab with you all this time and i got him to watch your videos my whole house watches your videos now we're we're we're, oh, we're stands yeah. in this you. house right on <laughs> shout out to all of y'all we're, we're stands in this house but um anyway i um oh, yeah. he we were talking about how i had written this thing on um touche more's song whale belly and how um they were kind of like a tumblr band and them and la dispute were like tumblr-esque bands for some reason and women seemed to gravitate more towards them and i wrote this whole thing about how i think that whale belly helped me find a space in the hardcore scene while also being feminine and also violent which is it's it's a very weird thing but i wrote this whole thing on it and um yeah it basically it stemmed from their their seven inch that the song is on has like flowers and it's really beautiful and i really love it but this song is like, in my opinion, their most violent song. And it just encapsulates everything that I love about like heavy music. And me as a woman, like never really got to feel safe or really got to feel like I had a place in that scene. But on the flip yeah. side, scene music or pop punk music or 2007 music, we can kind of preface it because everybody knows what we're talking about there. Um, that's like teeny girl, teeny bopper girl like you you only saw women that's that's how people yeah. think of it yeah and i know you have some thoughts on that so you you can <laughs> i yeah i have a, i have a spiel i have a spiel um <laughs> because well i guess i'll start um by saying that like when i when uh, i was a young know, boy <laughs> literally, literally yeah when i was a young boy i um you know, the first kind of bands that I got into were, like, everything that was on, like, Fueled by Ramen, you know? That was, like, my first shit. Fall Out Boy, Panic, The Hush Sound. And then that kind of led me to eventually, you know, like, All Time Low and The Main. Bands like that started coming out. Never Shout Never, of course. And that was, like, my main shit when I was, like, 12, 13, 14 I was, like, super into all that, like, neon, catchy, whatever. Neon pop punk, all that. Forever the yeah. Sickest Kids. And um, I... <laughs> it was the sort of shit where I would go see those bands live. Like, I would go to go see, like, Cobra Starship <laughs> or whatever. And the crowd... And, I mean, you remember this. Like, I'd go and the, the audience would be all teen girls. And the only dudes that would be there this is how i remember it were 
like, the girls' boyfriends, the, like, five guys who just liked the band, which uh-huh. was including me, and then, like, the gir- like dads. Um, but it was mostly, like, girls. Um, well, let me, let me fast forward to, um, so come like and so this is all in like the 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 late 2000s yeah. or whatever and that was just the stuff that i was into and we'll get yeah. into that in a second but i want to bring up this other aspect of it um come like 2011 2012 or so at that point i'm a little older now and uh you know the kind of the neon wave was kind of dying and the there was this new pop punk wave of like you know the mm-hmm. wonder years and the story so far and man overboard and all that stuff and the main difference, the main thing I noticed about that and something that kind of like always <laughs> bugged me about it was that I feel like th- if you listen to like Man mm-hmm. Overboard, in my opinion, and people always like make a face at me whenever I say this, but I swear to God, I think people just aren't thinking hard enough <laughs> about it. When, but I'm like, if you listen to like any Man Overboard song, it's really not that different the like in style than like a song by like Mayday not Parade really or something. if anything yeah 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 right so it's it's the mute the man overboard ep i fucking love that record like i listened to it in 2009 that was something that i loved and i fucking love Mayday parade <laughs> totally totally here's the thing though right here's the thing it's all pop punk music it's really not that different it's melodic it's, it's catchy you know, ma- like man overboard yeah, it's catchy. It's like about girls. Mm-hmm. The songs are, um, but when those bands came in, like Man Overboard and all that, like all of a sudden, it wasn't an all young girl audience. It was like dudes were into it. It was like dude pop punk. All of a sudden, it was like because it, it was hats like and shorts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, buzz yeah. cuts and shit. And I and so here's here's like my thing. Um. So there is something to be said for the fact that a lot of that has to do with the actual, like, marketing and, like, uh, of the artist, um, which it just kind of is what it is. That's, like, the world, their marketing, whatever. They're, you know, these bands are, you know, th- as opposed to bands like The Main and Mayday Parade who were, like, these kind of, like, attractive skinny guys with who kind of looked mm-hmm. like girls. Like, the, you know, the tight jeans and those dudes, like, looked yeah, like hot like girls, Christopher right? Drew. Or whatever. I wanted yeah, to look exactly. just like and him, then, but and I was very and, and like yes. I loved being a woman, and like Same. I loved being a woman, and like I had like I didn't yeah. like I never had like gender dysphoria, like I never wanted to be a boy, but like I would look at Christopher yeah. Drew, and I'm like I don't want to date him, I want to look like him, and that was very weird. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Okay, so here's I know this has been kind of drawn out. No, I'm you're good. Trying to we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so here's here here's the like here's the here's the the kicker. Um, so, you know, when I, going back to, you know, I was growing up, um, and listening to Fall Out Boy Panic and get all them. the main and yeah, all that stuff. And I, um, I was a very, you know, I'm, I'm like a cis male or whatever. I've never really had like gender dysphoria or anything, but I definitely was a very like, I was very, I was kind of like androgynous growing up, sort of. I definitely didn't fit in with like, like 
other dudes. Like I'm not a very mas like masculine like manly guy, and I, you know, especially in high school, I was very like, um, I don't know. You're a I was scene just, kid. I was just kind. I was a scene kid, and and therefore I was a very you know a more feminine leaning yeah. like what's you know just kind of a yeah like a feminine yeah. dude I guess, and I you know those I would. I think that's why those bands connected to me was because I was like, I can look at the main or whatever. I don't know why I keep using them as an example. They're fresh like, on the I brain. I see these dudes with like flippy hair. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I see these dudes with like flippy hair and tight jeans. And I'm like, that, like, that's how I kind of see myself, which goes into the marketing aspect of like a few years later when like bros saw what the Wonder Years come out. They're like, oh, I'm like a guy who wears like camo shorts and. Uh, whatever. So this kind of now pop punk isn't just for my girlfriend. It's for me. And that's all kind of a marketing thing. But the thing where it gets fucked up is the, the fact that because Mayday Parade and Fall Out Boy and Panic, um, were, you know, marketed mostly to young girls or, uh, you know, and androgynous guys or whatever. That's why those, that's why, you have more cred for listening to the Wonder Years than you do Forever the like, Sickest Kids. Metro yeah. Station, Forever the Sickest Kids, because that's where the sexism comes in. Because for some reason, if a band is popular primarily amongst young girls, for some reason, people, well, for the reason being like literal sexism, people are like, oh, that's not like, it's not real music. Um, which is. To, like I have I it makes me so angry because I don't because it's literally just sexist and it's also <laughs> not true because if you, if you look at literally any period of um you know culture just throughout history the shit that gets remembered and is like timeless is always the stuff that teenage girls yeah. were listening to like teenage girls they know what's up if you want to know like what's hip right now they're they're the people you need to pay attention to and all the music that like you know like 30 year old dudes <laughs> are like all the cred music i've found usually doesn't really get remembered or it does but it's like not I yeah don't know. you know what well, i'm saying you know what's weird i have a couple of um things to piggyback on that you yeah. said the first the first totally. thing is the last thing that you said is i think the reason why girls know what's up and guys kind of don't is because guys are they treat music kind of as one dimension. I'm speaking very broadly, you know. Um, totally. I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. the average dude that's listening to music isn't really getting into the nitty gritty of the band. They're not. They're listening to one song or one album. They're saying, "Yo, this is really good." They might recommend it to a friend, and that's it. And then it kind of dies there. Whereas I feel yeah. like your average girl listener. Um, you know they're they're getting into the nitty-gritty like they want to know more about that band or that artist like there's there's so many people that i know that know so much about julian baker or phoebe bridgers or anybody that's really on the up and coming like i didn't know yeah. so you know it's it's funny because on the opposite side like me being a girl that listens to music i'm more so on what i just said that guys are usually like I don't know a lot about me without you, but they're one of my favorite bands. Same thing about touche. Like yeah. I didn't know there was a dude named Clayton in the band and they've been my favorite band for 10 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It happens. But like your average girl listener, they're, they're paying attention and they, they're putting 
they're putting a lot more emotion to lyrics than the average dude is. So mm -hmm. that's why I think that girls kind of know what's up because they're more in tune with what's going on. And that and then sense, yeah. the other thing that I was going to say, it's, it's funny that we were talking about how scene music you know they kind of were marketed towards women like they they looked like women i mean panic i think yeah I, I think that a lot of those bands were wearing quote-unquote guy liner because they were appealing to <laughs> us you know they were appear appealing to people yeah. like me like when i it's same thing with ryan ross like it was it was funny the way that i just said about christopher drew I didn't want to be with Ryan Ross. I wanted to look just like him there. I'll try and dig up yeah, photos. Right, I used to right. dress just like him. I went to school one day with like the bird fucking makeup. Like I wanted to be just <gasps> like him for, for some right, odd reason. Right. I know and it, it was, yeah. and it was I so strange, but I think because I saw it as, you know, he looked more like a woman than a man. And I could, totally. you know, he was like my style icon, you know, how like, how people yeah. have like the Kardashian, right. like I know this is a very broad, like nobody listening to this is probably going to relate to this. I don't, but like the Kardashian, like the Kardashians <laughs> for, for some reason, or like Phoebe Bridges, for instance, or even Haley Williams, you know, I feel like Haley, I should have went mm. with Haley Williams. I don't know why I, I didn't, but like Haley Williams, for instance, <laughs> Re rewind. rewind, yeah, Haley, Haley Williams. Williams, like for instance, like I, I'll be the first one to say like, she, she's the queen of marketing without even knowing it. Like, she like she wore a bathrobe twice. I went and bought the same bathrobe because like, yeah, she's she's just yeah. one of those people. I, yeah, she's like that. She's, she's one like of those that. people yeah. that it's like I bought it because I saw her wearing it, and I'm a 28 year old woman, right? And I'm st and I'm still like <laughs> and I'm still fucking like yeah. that, but right. but it just goes right. into that. Mm -hmm. But my whole point, you know, uh, long walk for a small drink of water here, but <laughs> um, <laughs> that's like yeah. the name of my game. I'm always talking and then very i feel like very right little you're like where am i going with this but anyway um so yeah. i feel like in that scene like gabe supporta the main like all these skinny oh, jeans yeah. like with the straightened hair style appearing appealing mm -hmm. to women that i feel and then the dudes were kind of left out they're like i either have to wear this the skinny jeans and flatten my hair or i'm going to be left out it kind of worked yeah. the opposite with like the bands like the Wonder Years and A Loss for Words and everything. The girls are now having to adapt to that bro style. Mm, like, if, right, right, like I right. went to a lot of those shows because, you know, that's music that I liked. I dated a dude in 2009 that heavily loved that pop punk era of like Man Overboard, the Wonder Years before they were really popular. Uh, a okay, Loss for right, Words, yeah. like all those really good pop punk bands that... I had to feel like I had to fit the part. Like I had to look like an easy core girl. I had to look like an alt girl. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, I, I will say that like, um, not really calling it out, but Haley Williams, when she was married to Chad, like you saw that transition from her being her own style to mm. that hardcore. Like she started wearing bridge nine merch. She started wearing like turnstile. <laughs> like she, she did that right, same thing right, as a 19 right. year old girl. She kind of conformed to that pop punk, like, um, New York City hardcore style and right. it's like it's yeah. crazy like I would yeah That's I would go to these shows and I would see girls like you know we I mean I'm wearing a fucking title fight beanie right now <laughs> Like, you see, like, and right, that's not to right. say that girls don't like that style. Like, I wore this beanie because, you know, I like title fight, rest in peace, floral green. And, you know, it was cold outside. Yeah. But I saw a lot of girls kind of feel like they had to adapt to that style. I mean, I know I kind of did. I mean, I felt like if I was going to listen to the Wonder Years, I kind of feel like I had to wear a backwards hat. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I just thought of this, too. Um, 
there's a, I think there's a big like, especially with the, uh, well, I think there was a big like, I think homophobia was also oh, a big yeah. part of it because nobody wanted to look like a woman. Like, what's like, oh, what are you gay or something? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's also I think I think like the the I think dudes in two thousand eight were <laughs> like in so insecure about people thinking that they were gay to a point where like you know they would look at like William Beckett and be like, yes, I'm not gonna listen to that gay shit. You know what I mean? Um, and. I think, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. And that's why I'm almost like, I just, as a person now, um, as an adult now, like, you know, especially like with the stuff I do, like just on, on YouTube and whatever, I'm almost like, uh, because that music was so important to me growing up and I never, you know, being, I guess, kind of a, a kid who wasn't concerned with things being gay <laughs> you just whatever. didn't care like whatever you know yeah i was i was you know like i was like the kid that those dudes were calling mm-hmm. gay you know like i was like you know i kind of yeah you know what i'm saying so um i think i have this thing where i've always i i, I want to in in my own way try to legitimize or not legitimize well yeah kind of legitimize or make people see those bands differently that I feel like didn't get properly embraced maybe, or, or bands that people are embarrassed. It's like guilty pleasure. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, like I understand that people are adults now and people listen to pitchfork music and whatever, but I'm like, yo, half the reason why you still have this idea that like, that like, uh, forever the sickest kids like suck is really because of a lot of the like ho- like homophobia and misogyny that was so prevalent yeah. at the time and and and, and i'm like like you know i feel like if i don't know yeah i feel like does that make sense am i you know what to add I, like, to your point yeah. i feel like a lot of people nowadays if they didn't see, i mean there's there's a lot people are a lot more tolerant and uh way more accepting than our generation ever was but if you eliminate totally, yeah. that and you just have kids these days like that were our age listening to these bands, if you didn't see what they look like, I think that a lot more people would love them. Like Forever the Sickest Kids, I feel like so much of their stuff is so palatable and so catchy that it would be on the radio today. And maybe that's maybe that's crazy for me to say, but my roommate I, I My roommate listens to like his playlist is a lot of stuff that you that you're listening to like um, like a lot of pop punk, a lot of like kind of um, not crab, like it's not, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like heavy yeah. post hardcore kind of thing. Know. But like, yeah. that's like his playlist yeah. and he, he has no shame in anything. Like he, he fucking loves Nickelback. Like he will, he right. will defend, <laughs> he'll defend Nickelback yeah. to the fucking yeah. grave. Like he doesn't see uh, looks aiding into, into anything. And we listened to Forever the Sickest yeah. Kids yesterday. We were listening to She's a Lady. I was like, this song still fucks. Like, to this day. It and does. I was like... Yeah, right, right. And it's also like... And, like, this is another thing that, like, people always are like, what are you talking about? But I don't think that, like, Forever the Sickest Kids musically... And I mean musically. I mean literally strip away everything you think of when you think of Forever the Sickest Kids. But if you just listen to that music, it's like... It's like they could tour with like the story yeah. so far. Like they have like a heavy, like it's like, 
heavy emotional pop punk what's like what's the you know is it just i think it's just like, looks and that's the problem is that like there's and yeah. that's the problem it's the goofier it's the problem image, with gimmick bands you know. like that i feel like forever the sickest kids like when i think of them like now i think of them as so gimmicky like cobra starship for instance like yeah. you like my yeah. my brain instantly goes to gabe supporters fucking purple sweatshirt and like neon shirts <laughs> and stuff and skinny jeans that's how i remember gabe supporta <laughs> And stuff like that. But Cobra Starship had a lot of good songs. And I just feel like we, our generation, got so fixated on looks. Like, I can't think of another Mm. band off the top of my head. But there are so many other bands that were so gimmicky looking that we kind of took away from Mm. musically. And I feel like that's, we as a society kind of stunted their growth. Like, yeah, totally. Because it's kind of one of those things, like, they're going to market towards what they see as popular. For instance, Forever the Sickest Kids, they leaned into that gaudy fucking, like, air, like the the whole, like, fake bling yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like, that was their thing because people right. ate it up. That was the neon era. Like, everything had to be mm-hmm. neon to yeah. the little extreme. Like, it had to be highlighter colors. And then I, I, I don't right. really think about... Like, when you did that, uh, that whole uh, video on them... I didn't really think about anything that you were saying. You were like, oh my God, that musically, this is so good. This is this, like all your points. I was like, holy shit. I never saw forever. The sickest kids like that. And that's what, kill- <laughs> and that's what kills <laughs> right. me is because yeah, like I'm 28 yeah. now and like, I loved them, but I didn't take them seriously. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, it's such a bummer. And like they're, they were marketed towards me. Like, I was a, I was a, like, I was a 15 year old girl. Like I was supposed to want to fuck all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You, you were the target demographic of a band like that. And like, I kind of, I kind of missed the boat on that. Like, I didn't know they made anything after underdog alma mater. So when you were talking, so when you were talking about like this, this weekend EP thing, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Right. There's a whole other, there's like two other full lengths out there. My friend, the sickest kids. Yeah. You know, I think, um, another example that I have, uh, of this, it's basically the same thing as as the like Mayday Parade Man Overboard thing that I was talking about earlier. But um, you know that band Vain that has come out in the past few years. They're like mm. a like they're like a hard people call them a hardcore band, but they're really like a it's a metalcore uh. band. So so they're like they're like they're kind of like knocked loose okay. in that sort of new wave of like real mm. hardcore. And I I Big say quotes. this with quotes for the for the podcast listeners out there big quotes because my whole thing literally like if you listen mm-hmm. to vain like and i'll just reiterate right now they're a very like as far as i can tell i don't know i don't know much about hardcore but like cred hardcore like mad ball like fuck <laughs> with them yeah people are like this is like real hardcore like um to me when i listen to to vain or like code orange ah, or bands yeah. like that. I'm like, I'm like, this is this is bring me the horizon. This is what bring me the horizon did ten years ago. But all you know, and I, I'm like, look at it this way. All those guys who are into like real hardcore, they completely write off bring me the horizon. But I'm like, dude, if bring me the horizon released, like, oh no 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 no, not if bring me the horizon released. If Vane or Code Orange. Let's say Code mm-hmm. Orange, right? If they released the album Suicide Season by Bring Me the Horizon and it like sounded exactly the same and everything was the same about it, but it was Code Orange, you'd have I shit you not, <laughs> real like cred hardcore people would be like, This is the definition of right. real hardcore. I 
I can I would bet you like a thousand dollars that that's what would happen. But but Bring Me the Horizon have always been written off as a girl and, band. You know, they're not a cred band. Yeah, because they're a girl band. Because they have it's like partly that you know they have haircuts, but it's also because their fan base is primarily teen girls, and for some reason, those fucking cred <laughs> guys. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but if if lots of teenage girls like something, all the, the sudden cred's it's gone. not like serious music anymore. Yeah, it's like it's a all, all of a sudden people label it as a gimmick, and it's weird because it, like th- it's just <laughs> stupid because there's no explanation for it besides like y'all you just hate women like teenage girls are just incapable of of liking anything good apparently like that's because i keep trying to i keep whenever i say these i'm like i'm like well i i wonder why that is i'm like no the only reason is just like women's opinions aren't you know as valid as men's are (laughs) (laughs) have you seen that's the i'm sure you have because you're you're pretty up on on twitter have you seen like the whole trend of like trying to say that girls um didn't uh aren't really bring me the horizon fans because they didn't like anything before suicide season or some shit uh no i i don't know oh, you're not I, on I, that I, side no, of twitter I have um i mean maybe i have so there but was this I, whole I, wave I, of like um white dudes on tiktok that were talking about how girls didn't really know that bring me the horizon was like a screamo band prior to um mm. what they're doing now like being a dad rock band as people call it so, like, there was this whole thing, there was this whole discourse on, like, how girls had no idea that they were a screamo band. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, I worked at Hot Topic during the height of this, okay? I worked at Hot Topic when I was 16, 17 years old. Teen girls loved Bring Me the Horizon when they were a screamo band. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. No, oh, yeah, totally. And you know what's totally, weird is that, yeah. like, growing up, I didn't really have a musical influence. Like, my brother listened to a lot of, like, pop music and a lot of, um, like... I think he played one Blink-182 song when I was a kid and like we're six years apart. So like he, we really didn't like have much in common or anything, but my, the first band that he introduced me to was story of the year. And then second was panic at the disco. And that's how my music, my musical influences shaped around story of the year and panic at the disco, very vastly different bands, especially because story of the year kind of seems like one of those like dad hardcore bands. And um, yeah. or at least they were back in the day. And Panic at the Disco is this very feminine band, but um, right. Uh, oh, where I was getting at here is I grew up and like Under Oath was one of my favorite bands, <laughs> and like mm, I liked. Yeah. So Under Oath was a little too heavy for me. I'm not gonna lie. I really liked. Um, they're only chasing safety, but everything after that got really too heavy for me. Which is weird mm. because my favorite band for the last ten years has been Touche More. But to circle back to my point, how this started is that I think Tumblr kind of had a huge influence on the way that uh, music is marketed. So, for instance, like La Dispute, Touche Amore, yeah. like Moose Blood, uh, what other, like Man Overboard, right. the story so far, Turnover, all those like new indie, hardcore, post hardcore bands, they were palatable yeah. to women. And I don't understand it because it's like, I was talking to my roommate about it. I was like, maybe because they were more quote unquote melodic and they weren't as heavy. So girls that would pay attention to music or lyrically could um, 
withstand the screaming better i guess i don't know i it's so it's <laughs> right. so yeah, hard right. to describe this mean. without sounding like music is gendered or being sexist myself right. and that's what i was trying to talk right. about when i was talking about that song whale belly by touche because i wrote in it i was like yeah because they're more quote-unquote girl band but sam gen like music has no gender what are you saying that sounds very like misogynistic <laughs> and it, it, it's weird because yeah. i do feel like music is cr incredibly gendered like or maybe not so much anymore because like i know dudes that love phoebe bridgers i know um girls that really like bring me the horizon still it's right. just so fucking mm -hmm. wild yeah because right and even all this being said like yeah i kind of want to just say too that like you know it wasn't completely like there you know there were when i was growing up there were i had plenty of male friends who also loved like the quote-unquote girl neon pop punk bands and there were plenty of girls into like the yeah. years and shit too like it's it, it it wasn't ever like completely but speaking but broadly you I know guess, yeah we're more talking about i guess the general yeah. perception because, like, of all it, this stuff which is unfortunately yeah. very gendered and, i mean like yeah. i had friends um a bunch of like mo my my closest friend growing up was a metalhead. She fucking loved metal. Like we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh cards together. We used to she used to love metal. I used to love like screamo bands. Like that was our yeah. shit. Like I you know growing up, my brother was like quote unquote my hero. Like I wanted to be just like my brother because I didn't really grow up with a sister. So me, I didn't really have a lot of friends until I was like in middle school. So like my brother was the only person I had for influence, and my brother grew up like listening to fucking Cher and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and Ricky Martin mm, yeah. and like those pop bands and like you know he he threw in like a couple of things like sprinkled here and there like story of the year and panic and bands like that but he primarily listened to pop music he didn't really listen to burn CDs I mean speaking very broadly like I didn't know my brother's whole life but around me growing up like he didn't really listen to anything that I could have really taken influence from so like mm. I feel like that kind of uh, stunted how I saw music because the only things that I would listen to are things that like were popular or that my friends were listening to. Like I wanted, to, I wanted to be cool. Like somebody, I didn't care who I was cool. Like <clears throat> I just wanted to be like yeah. somebody because you know, my, my brother didn't really give me a lot of reference. And my brother still, I don't even know what the fuck he listens to. He listens to like the Glee soundtrack and Lindsay Sterling. <laughs> like my, my brother, like whenever, like we're in the car together, I'm like, why are you listening to Evanescence from like 2006? <laughs> and it's is he is he yo, is he's he gay? he's very gay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, he's yo, gay, right? That's, 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 but 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 is that fucked up for me to say? Well, that's I don't well because it's that's cause why it's, it's funny. Like, is can why is music certain right. music more gay than other music? Almost me saying that goes against what right. I've been so that's why I didn't because... say he was gay, and that's why I wanted to see. I wanted to see where that would go because stereotypically me saying that he listened to pop music and Christina Aguilera and Britney and Ricky Martin and stuff growing up, you, you automatically yeah. think, oh, well, he's gay. And I wonder, yeah, and I wonder right. why we think that way. What? Exactly. And that kind of has a different conversation that I don't even think we could tackle, but it's like, why is me? Why is music gay? What music is straight? Right. Like, I'm not even going to try right. to touch that. Honestly, I, that's not even, that's not even my realm. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's also, there's also a difference between, like, like, I, I recognize that music as, like, that's gay right? <laughs> that's music, <laughs> music that a gay male would make, but, I mean, there, there's, it's, it's, um, 
But I'm not saying like I, fuck that music because it's you know what I mean, gay. Which is where the that's where the <laughs> like there things are perceived a certain way, but then there's like people form like biases and stuff. Almost like yeah, people get biased about about things just because of like the way that it's because thing like no matter even outside of music things i don't know things are just like certain people like certain shit i don't know mysteries of the universe but it's well, also um, if you think about it like more often than not i feel like the whole like quote-unquote game music is more um more embraced by that community whereas like um girl yeah. versus guy type music is because that like gendered music just sounds really stupid i mean having quote-unquote straight right. and gay music sounds really stupid too but also if you think about it a lot of these bands that are geared more towards that the lgbtq plus community are because these artists mm. are either lgbtq plus or they're um they're specifically making music for that community or there's a lot of layers to that that's why i'll never touch it because i feel like there's more to it than yeah. the whole like tough guy hardcore versus the scene girl type music totally because i think at the, at the at the end of the day it's like you know certain music is marketed towards different people or not even it's sometimes it's not even marketing it's like certain embraced music is just yeah embraced by by different cult like different cultures of people whatever like you know and but and that's that just is what it is that's life that's how humans are but from there um th from there it's like do you have a problem with right. that style of music now because it's championed by that community like, or gay, yeah. gay men or teenage girls or whatever like you can't really control like what people are going to like or what types of people are going to be attracted to to something well, it depends because well, you, I will say it well, depends though. There's so many. This is such a big yeah, right. We got so many that. things to pull back. I will say though, I <laughs> I could like write a for book real. about. Well, you know, like, you know what? It's funny <laughs> because I'm thinking back to it. My uh, me and my my very close friend back from home. We've been friends for over 20 years. Um, my friend Pat. He was kind of a frequent co-host on here. Uh, he's a gay man. And he said in an episode that we, because we touched on this, we touched on like why, um, why certain music is embraced by the LGBTQ plus community more than anything else. And he said, as a gay man growing up, he felt safer relating to um, women. Like he, like he mm. felt more represented by like, let's say uh, Rihanna. I was going to say Lady yeah. Gaga, but since she's part of that community, I felt like that was a bad example. But let's just say Rihanna or Lana Del Rey, for yeah. instance. He loves Lana Del Rey. We did a whole two-part thing mm -hmm. on Lust for Life. And he said that he felt more embraced by these women, that even the, these straight women, than he felt from gay men artists because he felt like there weren't a lot of them. Wow. So if you think about it, like growing up with Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, like that whole like pop like bubblegum pop era, uh, he said that him, that he himself as a gay man growing up, he felt more relatable. Like they felt more relatable to him than like Elton John maybe, or like anybody else. And right, he said that there right. was predominantly more women in pop music that he could attach himself to instead of like men, like f women dominated yeah. the pop era. And that's the kind of style, that's the style of music he really liked. So I think that that right, has a lot to do right. with it as well. And 
Totally. And I, th- I find that so fucking interesting. I mean, like, even now today, like, there's so many, there's, there's just still women dominating the pop industry that, like, as a gay man, like, who do you turn to for gay influence? I mean, that's being very broad. I know that there's tons of, yeah, you know, gay men killing it in the pop music industry. I know that there's gay men everywhere on right. the internet making incredible music. <clears throat> but it's like, I can't really name a couple off the top of my head, like Troy Sivan. It's the only one that like immediately comes to my mind. Whereas mm-hmm. if you talk about women, it's like I can name so many. I can name so many women. <laughs> Every, it's like everyone, literally yeah, everybody. Yeah. And I think ninety-five percent of the, the pop the era. Thing. And I think that I think that's why like Britney was so embraced by that community because she mm-hmm. was just everywhere. And I felt like you know she just made bops. Totally, totally. And there is there is totally something to be said for for that like people are are drawn to to artists and just people in general that they feel represented by and that they feel safe and a, <laughs> around the the community of it all because i'm kind of relating that to like what i was talking about earlier like when i was like 13 um i remember like when a dater remember you might <laughs> find this funny too but i remember when when they first came out I didn't like them because they were too, like, hyper-masculine for me. They were too bro-y for me. I was like, this is, like, not, like, I, I, like, I just felt more represented by, like, you know, like, these more kind of androgynous-looking guys because that's how I felt myself, and therefore I was, you know, attracted to that kind of music. But then it's, like, it gets confusing again because the, the music is, like, a whole other there's like the music but then there's like the what the artist looks like and the image of it which are two yeah they're two separate things but it's 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 almost like really hard to you almost can't separate because yeah. it, it's you can it's so but hard subconsciously you're it's you i still, can't i i don't know i you can't know listen I mean? to forever the sickest kids without seeing them as a gimmick band that wears fake diamonds I just I yeah. just can't do it. But like, okay. So speaking to your point of against that, like me, I felt like I always had something to prove, especially like listening to music, because predominantly I was friends with a lot of tough guy dudes because I had always dated dudes that were really into pop punk or really into like hardcore music. So I felt like I always had yeah. something to prove being a woman, which honestly, like now being being a lot older and dating someone that isn't like that at all, I have my own identity and I like what I like. But like being right, right. being like 15 to like 23, I felt like I had something to prove. So I would always like kind of joke that my ideal, like if I was ever in a band, the kind of front person that I would want to be is modeled after Josh from the Chariot or oh, or oh. Um, or the one. singer Ryan McKinney from Trap Them. Now, let me break this down for you very quick. Ryan McKinney. He would always punch himself in the face during a show. He broke both of his feet two minutes into uh, a show and played the whole 45-minute set. And he did the whole tour in a wheelchair and was on knee pads and was, like, rolling around on stage. And they're they're very heavy, like... I can't even describe it. They're, they're, like, they're basically a metal band. <laughs> but, like, for yeah. me, like, I always wanted to be violent. Like, if I was ever in a hardcore band or, like, uh, a band that sounds kind of like Touche Mori and like those kinds of bands. I I always yeah. felt like I would want to be a violent front person because I felt like I had something to prove. So I feel like that's so right, it's so interesting right. to me because like 
I mean, I still, trust me, I still want to be Josh from the Chariot. Don't get me wrong. That dude rips. But, <laughs> but it's like, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I always felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. Like, I would look at these neon mm-hmm. bands and I didn't feel like... Like Ryan Ross and never and Christopher Drew, the only two people that I ever looked up to where I was like, I want to be just like them, where it's like the yeah. tough guy dudes. Obviously, I didn't relate to them at all. And then there's like artists that I like now, like Phoebe Bridgers and, you know, Julian Baker and everybody else that's in that spectrum. It's like, I don't fit in anywhere. I just want to be Josh from the Chariot. <laughs> Rest in peace. Do you think is that... um? Like, do you think that that's, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, well, I think that that's really interesting. What you, what, what I, I think that you brought up of like, almost because like you're a woman or you were a young girl at the time, like, ma- like, did there start to be almost a self-awareness that like, oh, like people, you know, the music that I might be just predisposed to liking or that teenage girl music isn't cred music so i need to like try to impress i need to try to make it seem like i'm more than just some girl the thing is like Like, the the, my ex my long time long-term ex that i dated he was a drummer in a band i mean he played all sorts of music but he primarily would be in tons of bands for that that eight-year relationship where he he was a drummer and I always felt like I was just the girlfriend. Like I was never taken seriously. Like it was just, I was his girlfriend. Like his, none of his band members ever wanted to engage in conversation with me. Like I didn't exist. Like whenever we went to shows mm-hmm. together, I didn't exist. And we went to primarily like hardcore shows and like very like male dominated, um, crowd bands except for touche amore which uh, was the only band like he stopped wanting to see <laughs> after a while, coincidentally enough. But, um, yeah <laughs> but um it's in- it's interesting because i for some reason i n- i never thought of like touche amore or la dispute as like girl let me bands. tell you but maybe they were well, i don't know i didn't really I think know. about like like i said i've been a fan of touche for 10 years and i've only started to yeah. notice this semi recently where the the last show i went to um i saw them play with la dispute at the basement east and it was one of my favorite shows ever yeah. Um, they played that like almost nice. two years ago now. The whole front row were people that look like me. I'm not going to say they were all women because I don't know their gender identity. But I will say that fem- feminine looking people, people that look just like me. Yeah. And like the first right, and right. second row. And the and, like those shows get rowdy. I mean, people crowd surf. I mean, like me, uh. my dad told me like when I was like 12, he said that he saw a story in like the New York Times where some girl got kicked in the kicked in the back of the spine from a crowd surfer and she got paralyzed. So ever since Whoa. he told me that when I was 12 and I hope my dad's listening to this right now cause he fucked me up and I tell him this all the time, but that fucked me up. And that's why I will never be in the front row at shows. You will, you will never <laughs> see me in the front row at shows for that reason. Every time I see touche, I am in the, uh, like I'll be in the front for them, but I'll be all on the side. And also I'm scared of breaking my teeth. So I'm scared of somebody spin kicking me in the mouth. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm 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 definitely at I'm a too point old where... for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm too old. I'm too nervous. I'm too like I just get nervous even being in a crowd now. Like I I I also have I, I don't know a lot of it for me is just like general anxiety yeah. too. I'm a lot more anxious of a person than I was. Me when I was too. Younger, it's so like... I'm like I'm always like, yo, where's the fucking <laughs> fire exit? Where's the bathroom if I need? Like, I'm you know too hyper aware like, because I, I, well, mostly well, I yeah. will say mostly a lot of my anxiety comes from being a woman and because like for mm. instance, I I went to go see me without you 
um, post like I li- I lived in I lived on Long Island, which is for people listening that don't know, it's forty five minutes outside of New York City. Um, in the twenty four years of existence that I lived on Long Island, I never drove to the city by myself. I never drove in Manhattan. I, my anxiety was way wow. too high. I couldn't do it. So when me and my, so every yeah. time me and my ex would go to shows in the city, he would drive. So when we broke up, I had already planned to go to two shows. I planned to go see Tiger's Jaw and I planned to see Balance Composure. I had a nervous breakdown trying to parallel park in New York City when I saw Tiger's Jaw because I, I just felt like I couldn't do it. And also, yeah. so then after I got over that and I parked and everything was great, I had met up with my friend Sal. Now, he was late because he was coming from the subway. I was outside that show and every second felt like hours because I was so terrified of being at a show by myself, being a 24-year-old oh, woman. Yeah. Coincidentally enough, it actually worked out really well for me because I was outside and two girls came up to me and asked me if I was Sam from Rebel Hearts. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> Whoa! That was, the, that was oh, so shit. Co- you got rocket. You got dude. It was so fucking man. cool. Like if they if they still listen like three That's years epic. later, like shout out to you. That made my life. But um, but that cool. was really cool. But then when I went to go see Balance of Composure by myself, again I was waiting for that same friend, and I was just really scared. And that and because uh, I just like I just like felt really weird about that night. But anyway, what I was getting to is yeah. I went to go see Me Without You in New Jersey, which was a terrible fucking drive, first of all. It was a two-hour-plus drive, which is way longer than it should be. It was pouring fucking yeah. rain. My car sucks. Right. <laughs> New Jersey fuck, just sucks Fuck New Jersey, general. anyway. Like, never no, a good dude, time going so then there. I, I've told this story plenty of times, <laughs> but I'll tell it again. Um, but I, I was there by myself. I didn't know anybody there. My one friend that loves Me Without You did not go to that show because she was hungover from the last show. Fuck you, Daisy. <laughs> she yeah it's all it's all her damn fault but anyway so i was she should have should have drank some water before she went to sleep it's okay but anyway so (laughs) i was just standing there like i was on my phone and i was like looking down i think i was texting her at the time so i was like texting blah blah and i was wearing like a kind of see-through shirt like you could definitely see my nips if it was cold enough but anyway i I didn't really think about it that day honestly (laughs) i just like that shirt but anyway I, did, yeah, yeah. I was not aware of my surroundings. I was just texting. This girl comes up to me and she goes, my husband noticed that the guy next to you is staring at you, like staring down your shirt and staring at your, t- your phone. Like, I just want you to be aware. You should probably move. And I was like, all right, word. This guy is like at least like three inches shorter than me. And I'm like five, three. And he's just staring at me. And I, I had a panic attack because I, did, I didn't know what to do because I didn't know anybody there. And Daisy was like, go, go tell Mike. Mike's their um, merch guy. And he actually, you know, he follows me on Twitter. And I felt yeah. so uncomfortable because I'm like, he doesn't know me. Like, what do I do? I felt so unsafe. I ended up seeing three songs from me without you. And I dipped. And it's just like... Damn. That yeah, sucks. that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Too, and like, like, at the time, I was a 24-year-old woman. And, like, I'm still terrified to be in crowds by myself. So, to me, like, the fact that there's, like, bands like Touche and La Dispute, there's so many more women there. Even though I don't know anybody there, I felt safer. And it feels so strange and it's so unfortunate. Like, I'm still kind of hesitant about going to shows by myself. I'm not going to lie. But if there's, like, someone in the crowd that I know, you know. But that Me Without You show really fucked me up. Mostly because I had to go to New Jersey for that. Yeah. Like imagine going to New I Jersey mean, right off the bat, just being in New Jersey, imagine oh, driving, God. but then throw that show experience on top of it. No. Yeah. That sucks though. I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, like it's crazy. Cause I, yeah, man. 
that's just imagine driving to New Jersey and that's what happens. I mean, your drive, your oh, drive there God. is probably worse than mine. I mean, yours is like what, like three or four <laughs> hours. Mine's only like two. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. But you know, like something, like I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy, and I, and I, I feel safer, like in a in a crowd that's mostly women than I do, you know, at like uh, surrounded by dudes. The or dudes whatever. are scary. Like, and I'm and I'm and I'm a dude. So what you should I why the fuck would I be scared? You know what I mean? But it's like a it's a real thing. Dudes are like, scary. Like I'm talking I'm talking about like dudes like over six foot that like look like they're ready to cause trouble. Like like tough guy yeah. looking dudes. Yeah. Like and now granted, like funny enough, this guy at this me without you show. Like I said, he was shorter than me and looked like non threatening. Right, but you, you don't, don't know. know. That's the thing about dudes. You don't That's know what, what they're I'm fucking saying. capable like, of. Like, well, and, and you're saying that as a, as a cis white uh, dude, and you're saying the same yes, thing. And that's what's yeah. crazy is that like these these like tough guy looking bro dudes, or honestly just white men in general, they're fucking scary. You don't yeah. know. They are. They are, and it's it's because of it's it's. Uh, I think people were talking about this sort of thing on Twitter the other day, but like there's like the. It's it's like the thing where it's like yeah technically it's it's not all men who but are it's enough like men scary and horrifying but st- historically and statistically it's enough <laughs> to just elicit a baseline fear no matter who you are you know well, you know what's really funny <laughs> like, is that like I'm wait like it's the the funny thing is like when I started this podcast I. I kind of said to myself, I never said it out loud, but I said to myself, like, I would never have a cis white dude on my show because I felt like that eliminated the point of what I was doing. But um, Uh funny enough, like, I was going to say it, but like, you're one of the only three white dudes opinions that I care about. (laughs) So like, congrats. Uh, Hey, I have. I, I well, you know how much I hate I white men. I don't feel worthy of that, but yeah, I do. No, I do. Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised that you got me on here talking about this shit. But it's like I'm not like I I I like I don't know because I come from the other. Yeah, well, you're yeah. saying it too. Like you're saying others- like because you understand it and like it's funny. Uh, we're not friends on Facebook, but you but I the same shit that I say on Twitter, I I kind of bring it to Facebook too. Every time I say something about white men, a majority of people that like it are my white dude friends and it's because they get it Mm. like when i say you know like fuck all white men your opinion doesn't matter you should all shut the fuck up people the the dudes that i'm talking about aren't the dudes that i'm friends with that are liking it because they agree like like i'm sure that you um i don't know how far into the youtube dude review um space you go on youtube but there's like two dudes (laughs) on youtube that review albums and they're just they're just fucking misogynistic as hell and it's just like yeah those are the dudes that i think that should shut the fuck up (laughs) but it's like but it's not but it's not people like you so i think it's really funny that i'm glad that people that the dudes that i am friends with understand that it's never about them and if it is about them i will tell them (laughs) exactly So that was my collaboration and talk with Julian, a.k.a. the Cozy Representative. I, again, I just love this episode so much and I really value our friendship and all of the things that Julian brings to the table. If you guys have not checked out his YouTube channel or don't um, know or 
you're not familiar with his content, I recommend his channel highly. I'm going to link it in the show notes description box because even if you guys don't care about the bands that he's talking about, there's so much on his channel and just all of the work that he puts in is so admirable and he makes me want to put in more work and it's just, I, I value our friendship so much and I can't wait to see all the things that he does with his channel. He is really ramping it up and really just putting his all into everything. And I just can't wait to see him grow. And I'm just glad that I got to hop on the train while it was already kind of chugging along and I get to see him grow. And I'm just, I'm super proud of him and everything that he does. And I hope the future holds more collaborations that we can do together. I definitely love his perspective and the fact that we grew up in a similar scene and experienced similar things in little bit different ways. I just, um, I love having friends on this podcast, especially ones that I've met through either doing this or just met online or just met through mutual love for music. I I don't know if the future holds for this podcast and I don't know, um, I don't have any plans right now. I'm not stopping or quitting or anything, but I just don't know what I'm going to do next or who's going to be on next. But I just hope that the ball keeps rolling with all these great conversations with all of these wonderful people. So before I go, um, I'm going to do something a little different that I haven't done on this podcast yet. I've usually featured um, sometimes two or more bands during the episode, but I would do one in the middle and then one at the end or, you know, I'd break it up and only do one at the end, but I didn't want to put something in the middle of our conversation. And since it's been so long since I've put something out, I really wanted to give you guys two bands that I've been really loving lately. They are both new on the scene and I just think that they both deserve to have some have some lift and I want to promo them on this podcast so much. So you are going to hear um, two bands back to back after I give you guys this outro. But um, before before you guys get them, I just want to introduce them because, you know, you guys should know what you're listening to. So the first band I have for you guys, they're a band called In the Morning. They are from L.A. And I just, uh, when I was thinking of how to describe them, I was looking through their band camp when I was buying their song to play for you guys. And I just think that their bio really does sum up um, how I felt about their music when I listened to them. And it just says, In the Morning is Amanda Tran's youngest brainchild that marries her introspective emo girl lyricism with the nostalgic sensibilities of early Avril Lavigne. And I just, when you listen to the song called At What Cost, I really just think that that really does drive home um, their sound. And I just, I love that so much. I love anybody that um, is compared to Avril Lavigne, honestly. She is, in her own right, an icon and a legend. And she definitely was um, there for me uh, musically when I was growing up. And I'm just, I'm all about anybody that attaches themselves to Avril Lavigne. And on top of all of that, that I just said, their, um, their management is none other than my friend and last podcast guest, Paige. And I just, I trust anything that Paige recommends. Um, she has not steered me wrong. She's not steered you guys wrong. She is, she's a gem. She's a wonderful human being. And all the bands that she has been accruing on her roster of um, bands that she is managing now, 
she is just taking everything by the by the horns and just oh man I just love everything that she is helping produce right now all the bands that she has on her roster are just incredible and in the morning is no different so you guys will hear their song at what cost first off of they don't have an EP or anything out right now they do have a deluxe um a deluxe EP of at what cost there's an acoustic song there's a song called complicated on there there is a remix so They've been doing a couple of things with At What Cost, but no, um, nothing else out right now. But I just know that they're just getting started. So be on the lookout for them. I'm going to put all of their links in the show notes description box as well. So after you hear that, you guys are going to hear a song called uh, New Low by the band, um, the soul punk band Nightlife. They are from Baltimore, Maryland, and they jumped on the scene a couple months ago. And they have just been crushing it. They have an EP out with just three songs, but three amazing songs. Their video for New Low is so cool. It's got the best lighting, in my opinion, and they're just awesome. I can't wait to see what they do. They have been just everywhere, at least on my timeline on Twitter, and everybody has just been loving everything about them, and with with good reason. They're just a really good band. And the thing that I love most about both these bands and why I wanted to group them together in this episode is because they just keep hyping each other up on Twitter. And I would just love to see a bill with both of them on it later this year, if that's even possible. I know that they've talked about it on Twitter, and I just I love the idea of all of these bands coming together, all of these new and upcoming pop punk, soul punk, and just alternative bands just coming together and hyping each other up and having a great time and just that's what it's all about and I just love that community and I just hope that we continue to see more of it and just awesome music coming out this year oh my god there's just no shortage of bands coming on the scene and bands that have already been on the scene just popping out bangers left and right I'm just I can't I can't keep up but I hope that you guys do enjoy these two songs as much as I do before you get them, I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me. You can get me on Twitter at Rebel Hearts Girl. You can email me at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And Instagram is Sam is Socks. I have not really been um, doing much online lately, but you guys can follow me. I will definitely be trying to keep everybody updated with new and upcoming stuff, even if uh, I disappear on the podcast for a couple months again. I'm going to try and put something out um, sooner than this, but who knows? My schedule is fucking crazy, and trying to keep up with life, let alone a podcast, has been stressful, but it'll happen. You guys will hear from me soon, but yeah, I'll see you guys at the front. Here is At What Cost by In The Morning, and then New Low by Nightlife. Just trying to get to know you, get 
Are you?